Good morning, everyone. There we go. So uh, we've talked about IL4 uh, before, and um, it's the uh, it's a specialty crop program. It's used for um, funding. Um, pesticide registrations for our specialty crops. And um, we've, uh, we've had some success. We traditionally don't use this a lot in sugarcane. Um, uh, back in when Headline was uh, first, uh, Dr. Hoy got Headline through the IR4 program, if I remember right, for rust control. And most recently we've, uh, we've used the project um, for, for other um, projects other uh, programs that we're going to talk about today. So uh, it's funding is relatively flat, but it's um, it is a, a program that's funded through the uh, through government agencies, different uh, USDA government agencies, NEFA, ARS, FAS, and APHIS. You can see that 11.9 million is what we get now. Uh, that's vastly underfunded. Uh, it's been, uh, in the past, it's been probably opposite. Uh, and you can see Incon support has had to pick up some of the um, registration cost and some of the cost of the program. Um, I, um, I've been um, appointed to the Commodity Liaison Committee. And what it is, is uh, different, um, different commodities that use the program, we, we all get together and we try to uh, lobby uh, for uh, more funding and to try to get uh, funding in different ways to, uh, to help the project. Because it does cost a lot to get all of these uh, projects, uh, these uh, products registered. Uh, there's a lot of um, residue testing is mostly what, what happens, but uh, and sometimes for some projects, they have to actually do FSC testing. And uh, so it's very, uh, very expensive. And uh, we'll go through some of that as well. How does it work? Well, first of all, you identify a pest problem, whether it's a weed or an insect or, or whatever you're having. Uh, you identify a management solution. Uh, every time we've uh, uh, brought forth a project We've had efficacy data, so we don't have to prove that the project uh, or the product works. Um, so we all, all we need to do is get residue testing whenever we need to bring a, a, a project forward. But uh, by identifying your management solution, you, uh, you fill out your uh, IR4, it's an online application, and you submit the request for whatever product you'd like to uh, run through the IR4 program. And uh, requests can be submitted by grower groups or, or consultants, research extension, um, anyone, any stakeholder that has a, a vested interest in seeing um, that product registered for that uh, specialty crop. Um, those requests are normally sent about this time, sometime in the, in, um, in the spring and they assemble the, uh, all the different projects and they bring them to four regional workshops. And you can see the map of those regions. Um, of course, we in that, we're in that Southern region. 
um, the projects are prioritized by each region. So um, let's say you have a, a, a tomato growers or some, some uh, specialty crop in your area that's really uh, important, like for us with sugarcane, for instance. We go before the regional workshop and we uh, plead our case. And we, uh, it's up for consideration. If anybody has any questions or anything, we're there to defend it. It's very important that you have the, um, the registration, the, re the primary registrant on board so that if you want their product to be uh, used for, uh, for, this, uh, for this issue, that they would uh, support the product being labeled. Um, there's also a national workshop once you survive the regional workshop, final priorities are set at the national workshop. Uh, just this past year, we had uh, 350 projects were submitted and only four, 40 received top priorities. Um, and this is where the funding really um, comes in. Um, back when uh, a couple of years ago, we had 46 projects that were able to receive a priority. This past time, we only had 40. Um, but anyway, um, going through the, the projects, um, we've had some recent successes. We talked about the headline success that Dr. Jeff Hoyt did by himself. I'll tell you, hats off to you, Doc, um, because it's a, um, it's, a, it's a process that uh, takes a lot of coordination. Uh, for this particular project, uh, Dr. Al Odron had done some work to show that uh, divine nightshade was causing a uh, 50% uh, reduction in yield in some places. He looked at triclopyr and um, Dow is the primary registrant. Uh, they declined uh, participation, but Helena Chemical said that they would support uh, our for uh, um, request for Tricera. And that was in 2019. And uh, it, it took a lot of cooperation with Helena uh, Dr. Ogeron, Kenneth Gravois, myself, and, uh, and all the different um, people from Florida, Texas, and a lot of consultant groups. We, everybody sent in Me Too requests and, uh, to support the project. We went through, um, at, actually the first time we submitted was in 2017. We had a little learning curve. 2017 for the 2018 uh, fiscal year, it did not get uh, funded because uh, we didn't know we had to do some things. We submitted the application and didn't, didn't know we had to follow through with it. And uh, so in 2018, we started again and we got it approved for the 2019 uh, crop year. Seven uh, residue trials were put out, uh, five in Louisiana, two in Florida. And we had one that was supposed to be put out in Texas but it wasn't put out until last year. And that residue trial was put out last year um, and, and harvested and all the data was uh, collected. Now, uh, IR4 has trained scientists um, that uh, manage these studies. And these studies are put out at different research stations, research forms, commercial forms, and, uh, and the uh, cane is grown and um, after the cane is harvested, the chemical residue tests are processed into sugar 
and then the data is uh, analyzed and sent to EPA to uh, for submission of the uh, of the label, the full label on that product. So um, everything's uh, done for Tricera as I know it. Uh, we're uh, waiting on the uh, this last um, data analyzation and summarized to be reported. Um, as, as I appreciate it, I think uh, we're, we're online. Uh, in the meantime, we've been working under uh, um, a state label uh, to, um, to get Tricera to be used. And, um, and that, is, uh, that has worked out well for us. This past year, uh, with uh, the help of Dr. Blake Wilson and Kenneth uh, Gravois, uh, we put forth uh, Savanto. It's a Bayer product, Savanto Prime. And um, it's used for insecticide, for uh, aphid and, and fly control, cane fly controls. Um, this project was submitted last spring and we defended it in, in the fall and uh, we were successful in getting this project uh, through the IO4 project uh, prioritized. It's prioritized as a, a, a project and uh, we were one of only 40 uh, to be um, approved. So uh, we feel, feel pretty good about that. Um, so um, studies will be started in 2020 and uh, for the residue testing on this project. Um, we, we got a lanyard last year. We had um, um, Florida, actually uh, the Florida fruit and uh, um, or the Florida uh, vegetable growers um, put forth uh, this broflanolin for wireworm control. It didn't get a, a priority A, but it got a regional upgrade. And what happens is uh, the project will still go forward, but it's um, BSSF is gonna put forth some money towards the project. And, um, and then, uh, so IR4 funding uh, is, is not as much IR4 funds that would need to be used for that uh, project. So uh, we're, excited about this, not that wireworms are a big, big uh, problem for us, but we do have some, um, some injury from wireworms from time to time. And um, I think Dr. Wilson and, and Dr. Penn are gonna put out some, uh, or maybe have put out a study already to uh, see um, how, um, how effective uh, this chemistry will be on wireworms in Louisiana. So, um, we feel good about the successes that we've had. Uh, it's taken a lot of uh, efforts. Um, you can see all the different Me Too requests that, uh, that was submitted. Um, and it, it does take a lot of uh, support. Uh, and if they see that they have support from Louisiana, Florida, and Texas, all the sugarcane interests are, are supporting a project, you're more than likely to get, uh, get a positive response especially if you have efficacy data as well too. So um, uh, we've made a lot of friends along the way, um, a, lot of, um, a lot of people involved in these, um, in these uh, studies and, and uh, submitting the, the request and getting, getting them through. So um, thank you all for, for that. Um, just a, a little bit, uh, our, so IR4 funding is a good option 
for pesticide registrations, but uh, funding is at an all-time low and we really need to work on uh, getting more funding. And um, you gotta submit your application early. You ask a lot of questions, uh, you network with other stakeholders and uh, involve yourself in the process. Um, the next part of the uh, presentation this morning is talking about the um, a prototype that uh, harf this harvester was modified to redirect uh, cane residue into the furrow. And uh, this, um, this project was funded uh, by the American Cherokee League and uh, the prototype was developed by Mr. Buddy and Mr. Bert Oob in Lowerville. And you can see some pictures of it. This mounts on top of the primary extractor fan. Uh, they have two secondary extractor fans and you can see the shoots that are um, that open. Those, those are molded out of um, plastic, I believe, right now. And um, I have another picture of it um, right here. You can see on the left-hand corner um, those the shoots direct that uh, the cane shucks onto the um, the tracks of the harvester. And as the harvester moves forward through the field the tracks are uh, moved to the front of the harvester, the harvester rolls on the tracks and it doesn't deposit the, uh, the cane trash on top or as much cane trash on top of the row. We all know the problems that we've had uh, having to remove this residue for the, uh, for the next, um, next crop to, um, to emerge. And I have a, uh, a little video of it right here working from the ground. And of course, there is still some uh, residue that's, um, that's deposited on top of the row. Not all of it is in a furrow. And we've done some work to show, uh, to, to measure that amount also. Wilson, Atticus, myself, and Dr. Paul White worked uh, to gather this data. As you know, Paul is uh, really interested in, uh, in some of the soil aspects, and, um, and he's hopefully going to be able to get some information on this as well. So what we did, uh, you can see the, uh, the amount of trash that's deposited in the furrow is quite a bit. Um, what we, we have this, um, this wire uh, frame that we made that's two feet by four and a half feet. So that's one square yard. And we uh, collect that, uh, that trash in the furrow and uh, we uh, put it in buckets and we weigh it. And you can see um, the, on, on the graphs on the right-hand side, you know, quite a bit of uh, tons, this is all wet wet uh, trash, um, uh, we'd look at the, uh, the different sides. Uh, when, it, when it moves through the field, the side closest to the cane has deposits about eight tons. And then on the second side, when it, when it comes back, it, it deposits some more in that, um, in that furrow. And you can see, um, it's quite a bit of trash in the furrow. We also measured some billet loss um, compared to the uh, conventional uh, harvester 
about right about a ton um, of billets being lost, uh, which compares favorable to the uh, conventional harvester that, that wasn't modified. Um, we also measured uh, roll, roll top trash compared to the standard harvester uh, that was measured about four and a half tons on top of the row. Uh, the uh, modified harvester looks like it's about uh, putting about a ton and a half. So about a third reduction in uh, residue on top of the row. And uh, we feel that uh, sugarcane should be able to come through this without having to sweep it or burn this material off. Of course, we're still uh, gonna be looking at some more, uh, getting some more information. Um, oh, one other thing we did was that we measured the billets going to the mill and the, the harvesters are really doing a good job. Um, about 3% of trash going, of the billets uh, going to the mill. And uh, so the billets are real clean. And uh, so putting that trash in the furrow really, uh, really has a lot of implications, uh, especially when you're harvesting under muddy conditions in some of the real uh, clay soils that we have that we really making ruts, uh, putting that much uh, trash in, into the furrow uh, really um, supports the, uh, the, the, the harvester quite a bit. And we could see that when we were harvesting the cane uh, the, the whole time. That harvester operated mostly in their, their worst ground. They had one harvester that didn't have the modification on it. So they harvested in their better ground in some other places they had, actually had to get out uh, with the, the other harvester, uh, couldn't, couldn't harvest in some areas and the modified harvester was able to go in and harvest because it's putting that uh, trash mat in the row. So uh, has a lot of implications. I have another uh, video here. My, Mike Meloso had a, his drone, brought his drone out one day and was looking at, and if you know what the back end of a harvester, uh, a standard harvester looks like, and you look at this, you can really see quite a bit less trash uh, being deposited on that row. Uh, there is still some, it's, it doesn't, uh, it, the row is not uh, clean, clean, uh, about a ton and a half, but we feel like uh, that sugarcane should be able to come through that pretty well. I think that's my last slide. And um, if I have any questions, I can, I'll be happy to take them.